In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. The ones where they leave you moved to actually take action in your life in some area where, you know, maybe you're just not playing at a level 10. Today, we have a special guest as we go up Success Mountain. I met this gentleman a little after meeting my wife. They were childhood friends. They grew up doing theater and dance and all the good things that come with living in beautiful San Jose, California. Uh, this this guy came into my life and quickly just was like a, a bright shining star. He uh, very very talented. And then right before his fortieth birthday, some things changed in his world. And we're going to talk about kind of following your passion, your purpose, your dreams, and and going for it, even though some people in your life may be saying, "What the heck are you doing? And why the heck would you go from that to that that?" is who we're going to talk to today. We're going to learn more about my good friend, Matt Robin. Welcome. Hey, Tony. How are you? Man, I'm good. I'm excited you're here. Lots to talk about. Everybody's like, from that to that, like, wow, that's really powerful stuff. But before we dive into that, I'd love to ask you a simple question. What is your definition of success? I, I've thought about this a lot over the last year in particular, and I can thank you for that, actually, because of your Be Fulfilled journal. And I'm not just throwing out a shameless plug for something you, uh, you've you got. It really, truly did help me kind of identify what it is that's important to me in life. And I think what I've realized about success is that me bringing my joy to whatever I do is my definition of success. So being able to find what makes me happy and what allows me to share joy with other people. Wow. That's actually really, really cool. Not that you got that from using a tool because the tool only is the like the starter, right? You have to bring the fuel to start the fire, right? Like you have to kind of like allow it to, to to light up, but you have to participate. It's not like you sit back and it just does it for you. So I'm No, I think what it did was it it allowed me to identify, you know, I, I when I tried to put words to paper, I, I realized what it was that was consistent throughout my life. And it didn't matter what job I had. And we can get into some of those or all of those. And we can just kind of talk about the two major ones. But everything was me finding the joy and the love and how to share that with somebody. Well, you are also uh, a husband. You've been married for how long? We've been married for, let's see, since 2009, 11 years and together since 2003. So together for 17, four of those years were long distance. She was in California. I was in Chicago. And the rest of that time has been together. So uh, much happier with the together time. And uh, your wife rocks, by the way, too. I use the word rocks a lot when I describe people that I really care about and like how they show up in my world. So, all right. You you mentioned jobs. So I'm going to start a timer. Let me open up my... Uh iPhone really, really quick. Uh, We're going to just start for one minute. We're going to do a one minute timer and you've got two choices. You can go forwards, backwards or backwards, forwards, your choice. And the timer begins now. 
Okay. 10 years old, started a lemonade stand, sold to camp kids. So 12 years old, I worked at a barber shop, sweeping up hair and looking at Playboys because they were there. Uh, 14 years old, worked at a pizza restaurant, making pizzas and selling pizzas. 16 years old, started working, making balloon animals in restaurants. And I also started working for a lighting and video and sound company. Also started doing birthday parties as a clown. 18 years old, moved to Montreal and started doing circus professionally. Spent 25 years doing circus, decorating with balloons, still doing balloon animals, running my own business, making balloon animals. Started bartending and waiting tables when I moved to Chicago. Uh, then I uh, went into more circus, more theater. And then I eventually said, you know what, this has been fun. I'm going to start doing other stuff. And at the age of 40, I decided to become a police officer. Hey, good job. Uh, 45 seconds. That's oh cool. man, I had 15 seconds. There's so many jobs I missed, I'm sure. So uh, yeah. So you know what I like? I like that you got a lot of experience, right? Probably swinging, doing trapeze, like being in the circus, riding a unicycle, you met, you didn't even mention cruise ships. You didn't even skim over any of it. Like your beard caught on fire. Um, just a few things. Did theater with my wife. That was really, really cool. I know that wasn't like you got paid as a job, but it was something that you were passionate about. Well, and it's so- what made me who I am today. Let's be very clear about that. When I talk about who I am today, it's because of me starting to do theater as a child and everything I learned doing theater and everyone I met doing theater and just kind of the way it set me up for life. Well, I just, uh, you know, I got to tell you, my two, my two kids absolutely adore you from the early age. We referred to Matt as Matt the Clown. So Matt the Clown. When, when Matt was coming over, they're like, Matt the Clown. And uh, you showed up big for them. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thank you. I know that Life isn't always been a straight line for you. A lot of, uh, you know, ups and downs. Uh, Life is like a switchback trail through the craziest mountain you've ever seen, in my opinion. But I don't even want to take the switchbacks. Like, I want to be the guy who, like, climbs through the brush and over the trees to get to the top. Yeah, my version of Bear Grylls right here, talking today uh, to Matt. Now, one cool thing about uh, an opportunity I had not too long ago during lockdown, shutdown, COVID, Matt started a podcast. And one of the things that he wanted to do was have me on the show. So we started talking and he just asked me if I had been up to anything. And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm participating in this 75 hard thing. I didn't even really know what to say or describe it. And Matt's like, what is it? And I said this. And then afterwards, I'm starting that today. So in 75 days, I'm going to complete it. So we're throwing you on the spot. Did you complete your 75 hard challenge? It's rather appropriate that we're doing this today because last night at about one o'clock in the morning before I went to bed, I had my last sip of water after I did my last walk of uh, my 45-minute my workout for that day. And yes, last night, I officially finished 75 hard. So today, I'm good too. Right? Thank you. Um, no, it was awesome. I, I started, and I'll say, going back to your journal, um, when I started doing the Be Fulfilled journal, what was it, November? Mm-hmm. Um, stopped by, and you told me about this. Stopped by Colorado. Uh, just you know, swung through from Chicago. But I was staying for a couple days with you guys, and you started telling me about this journal you created. And I said, that is awesome. I would love to have one. And I remember you telling me after the fact, yeah, I gave that to you, assuming like everyone else, I gave one to that it was going to sit on your shelf and be a pretty book to look at. And instead, I, from that moment forward, went on day one and went through all my 12 weeks. And in those 12 weeks, I identified five goals I wanted to do, one of them financial, uh, one of them related to uh, you know owning a farm someday, one of them starting a podcast, which thanks to you, I, I made myself do that. Uh, the other was a weight challenge to myself, which I wasn't over weight, but I just wasn't in 
ideal shape. And so I was 192 around Christmas. I got down to about 177 after my 12 weeks and I wanted to be at 175. And it was shortly after that, that I started doing 75 hard and I just weighed in at 162 this morning. So I lost about 30 pounds from Christmas to today. And uh, my final goal was getting the splits, which the one of my workouts every day for 75 hard was doing yoga, which I had done on and off throughout the years, but never really seriously. And I've probably did yoga 60 to 65 days out of my 75. I would take walks or ride bikes or kayak the rest of the time and absolutely love it. So I'm really close to getting my splits and I'm uh, shopping incessantly for a farm right now. So, you know, someday I'll have myself 10 to 20 acres. What was that show you had us watch? That was that movie? Oh, The Biggest Little Farm. Yeah, that that really changed, I think, a couple things. One, it just showed you what was possible when you used your imagination, right? Like, the couple had a cool thing going in in the city and they had a dog and it was like a rescue dog and the dog wasn't happy and nor were the neighbors. And one thing led to another that this couple with their dog set out to get a piece of property and all of their friends, I know it looks like they're making fun of them wearing little pig snouts, but at the end of the day, uh, on your journey in life, your friends may look like they're happy, smiling and just cheering you on, but silently they're like, he's going to fail. He's going to fail. Um, and I want to tie that purposely into you becoming a police officer because you take a clown and I'm not joking. And you're like, Hey, uh, people, I think I'm going to go into law enforcement. And what was some of the res- you know, responses you received when you made those phone calls? I'll say it was definitely uh, the proverbial record scratch as you walk into the wrong bar, like, what? That was the vast majority of them. But as soon as I started to explain to people why it was that I wanted to become a police officer, they started to get it. And for me, it really was about being able to help people. You know, I've spent my entire life as a performer for the most part or in the service industry. And when I really think about it, performance itself is service. It's a service to others because you're getting people out of their head and into a space where they get to forget about their problems for for a little while. And so it might be for two minutes or it might be for two hours. If you're in a theater, uh, it's a little more like two hours, but very often I would do events where I just had two or three minutes to interact with people. And I would do everything I could to make those people laugh or smile or just change their outlook on life to something completely different. And it was the same way when I was a waiter or a bartender, you know, I could see or read the the people pretty well and see whether they wanted to have a friendly conversation or if they wanted a professional waiter. But either way, I would make sure to interject kind of my joy and passion for life. And I would try and steer people in the direction that I felt they were hoping to have without trying to say, you have to do this. Just here's some of my favorites. You know, maybe you'd like that. Maybe you could try this. I just wanted people to find the joy in that restaurant or the joy in the bar I worked at. Um, you know, same with the pizza place. I mean, everywhere I worked, it was just, let me do the best job I can. And when I was uh, going from circus, what really created the transition was I I poured three years of my heart and soul into a circus festival that I had created. And this circus festival was in Chicago. It was called the Chicago Contemporary Circus Festival. I started it with some friends and I spent probably 70, 80 hours a week working on that circus festival. And our first year, we were very successful. We had a small cash reserve that allowed us to start our second year. The second year, we decided to become a nonprofit and turn into a more 
legitimate organization, so to speak. And we just ran into trouble after trouble. I was the executive director and I'm sure some decisions I made were not the right ones, but it was because I just wanted to see this thing succeed. And I don't blame everyone else I work with, but I, I certainly know that I poured my heart and soul into this thing. And in the end, I was actually fired uh, or told I could no longer be the executive director. And the very person that made my life the most painful in this was going to become the, the, the new ED. And I said, that's lovely. I'm going to walk away from this now. And then I was told, oh, well, you can walk away, but here's your $30,000 in credit cards that you signed up for. And I said, wait, 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 that's the festival's debt. And they said, oh, yes, but you signed up for the credit cards. So that's your problem. And uh, they decided within six months of basically letting me walk away from this festival that they could not do this on their own. And they folded and left me with $30,000 in debt. And I was really angry and really bitter for about two, two, two years after that, I'd say. And the whole time, I just wanted to have nothing to do with that whole part of the circus scene. And thankfully, I was always a part of one show, and it's called The Midnight Circus. It's an incredible show in Chicago that over the last 12 years has raised over a million dollars for the Chicago Park District. And it's a show called Circus in the Parks. And we go around to Chicago parks all over the city, from the south side to the west side to the north side. And it could be the parks like you've heard of Inglewood. If you pay any attention to the news, that's where a horrible amount of the violence going on in Chicago occurs in the, the community near Inglewood. And we would do that show. And for, for four days, we would be set up and just do this incredible show. And you would just see the, the excitement on these kids' faces because they had never seen anything like this. And so I did that. But that was only two months of my year. And I said, look, I can't sustain myself and be happy working two out of 12 months a year. And the two months was amazing. But what do I do with the other 10 months? And so a couple of my friends, I had randomly met a couple of cops, and they would always joke that I was someday going to be their liberal police experiment, and they were going to make me a cop. And I'm like, you're insane. That's never going to happen. And then one day they said, hey, I mean, I know you haven't been doing much circus lately because of everything that happened with your festival. Maybe you want to take the exam to become a police officer. You're not agreeing to do anything other than take the exam. It's half a day's time and a background check. And I was like, you know what? Why not? And every step of the way, I just kept saying, sure, why not? Sure, why not? Sure, why not? And three months before I turned 40, I got a letter saying, hey, come and take the power test, which is the physical skills test. I, I showed up for that test and they were like, no way. You're never going to make it in three months. And I was like, oh, okay, well then bye. And they're like, hold on, hold on. Let's go talk. And they grabbed a detective, Detective Paisano. This man was amazing. And we, we sat down and had a conversation about five minutes. And he's like, look, I could make this happen, but meaning I could get your background done in enough time to do this. But I need to know right now that I'm not wasting my time. So if you have a bunch of arrests, you know, anything I'm going to dig up in your background that is going to disqualify you, you got to tell me about right now. And I was like, dude, to be perfectly honest, your, your Borat outfit that you wore. Uh, oh, it's all it's all on the internet. Yeah, I was hired as Borat when the movie came out to dress up in the green man thong and uh, take photos with people. And they did that in cities all over the country. It was a kind of Sony's, um, you know, throw people out on the street. But yeah, I, those are the stuff I was happy to talk about. No question, because I'm like, look, you're going to find it. So I'm not even going to pretend to hide it. And sure enough, um, four weeks later, I walked into the police academy. I was 39 years, 11 months and one week old. And three weeks later, I turned 40. So uh, I walked into the academy and said, you know, if I don't like the academy, I'll leave. And then when I finished the academy, I said, look, if I don't like working in the street, I'll leave. And it's been now almost three and a half years. And I love it. Well, you know, I think it's important that first, you know, we acknowledge you for wanting to serve and protect. Right. Well, and, thank you. And, and bring a level of 
laughter and joy to the community where I, I know I grew up with police officers. Uh, you know, my mom was married uh, to our stepdad and he turned out to, to be a total jerk. And um, he got, I think, believe, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing some statements, but I believe he got kicked off the force um, and, you know, stuff that was really bad that he would do to innocent people who didn't deserve it. And I know that when you look in the police in a hole right now, it may not be positive, but I want to tell you you're a positive light because what you stated in your statement, I want to make sure people know there is more good in this world than there is evil. There is more people like Matt who are trying to make the world a better place. And we need to tip our hats to you and not just run the other direction and say they're all bad because that's not true, right? I have my good days as a DJ when I was on the radio and I have my bad days as a DJ on the radio. Um, I've not been a perfect person in my world, but I have a good heart. And I know, Matt, I just want to tell you, man, I'm really, really proud of you for, you know, 39 saying, screw it, let me, let me go try it. And having the mindset and the mentality to, to put your heart and soul, because whatever you listed as all these careers and jobs you had, you put your heart and soul into it and you're out there making the community a better place. And, and I really truly believe that what the world needs right now are, is more mats, more people who want to go out and say, Hey, you know what? Let me be the change. That's why Gandhi's quote lives so hard with me because it's up to me every single day to be the change in my own life first so that I can go be of service and help others. And that's what I see you doing. I see you being the change in your own self, uh, in your marriage, in your community, and in the world. And if we get enough people seeing their responsibility and making it a choice and that, hey, you know, I'm up to something, man, we can definitely do this and really turn around. I mean, you can't turn on the news not talking about Chicago as in violence, deaths, not just anything to do with the police, just things in general. And uh, so when you initially made the phone call to Amber, I'm like, dude, Chicago is like the worst. So what have you seen? Have you seen anything turn around in the, like the three, three and a half years you, you've been doing this? Well, I think with what's been going on since everything that occurred in, in Minneapolis with the George Floyd and uh, Derek Chauvin, uh, you know, there's not a cop you're going to find that's going to back up what that guy did to, to George Floyd. Nobody's sitting there and justifying him kneeling on that guy for nine minutes. That was so unbelievably wrong. There, there's not even a, a question in anybody's mind. Nobody's like, yeah, but there's never a yeah, but it's like, no, that 100% screwed up. The first minute you're holding somebody down. Great. You know, and there's no time specific, but the second that person starts complaining about what's going on, you say, oh, claim, complaining, meaning I can't breathe. You say, okay, I'm going to let off of you. We're going to call an ambulance and I'm going to keep you. You need to stay on the floor. And if you keep fighting with us, we have to continue. You know, there's all, a million different ways that could go. And I'm not trying to armchair quarterback this. That's not at all what I'm saying here, but it's just, there, there were so many different ways that could have occurred and it never had to lead to this. And that is obviously was kind of the, the tipping point. It's not the first. And unfortunately it won't be the last, but like you pointed out, it's, it's a small percentage of, of people. There are, I believe something like 600,000 active police officers in the United States. And every year there are over 50 million interactions with law enforcement. And while some of them go horrifyingly awry, it's just not, it's, it's not the, uh, 
pandemic of death that I think is being portrayed. And I'm not a person who likes to say, oh, but the media. But right now, the media's favorite message is to make sure anytime they can, they want to bring that up. And there's so rarely moments like recently Shaquille O'Neal went to a neighborhood with some police officers and hung out with some kids and played basketball with them. And just he wanted to have a positive change. And it was a neighborhood just like he grew up in. If not, it was actually his neighborhood. And he wanted to show these kids, look, you guys can do anything you want. And, you know, these guys are here to help you. And don't just look at them and hear what the news is saying about them. Really make a decision for yourself and see who these people are and how they're here to help you. Yeah, the positive news network is not really the top of mind, the number one channel everybody's like watching, right? They, no. uh, I, I don't like the way that it sounds, but, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. It's on the news every night. It's It's this, this, and this. And so really why I brought that up is because my mom, when she was married to uh, my stepdad, she didn't know that this was going on. And the moment she found out, and relationship over, um, I'm I'm young, so I'm like under ten, and I think uh, court case and everything. And I know he, I believe he was kicked off, and I could be totally wrong on all my facts, but I'm pretty certain of what I do believe to be the case was they would get drunk, and then they'd go beat up, and. You know, that could have been anybody at any time in any place. Uh, but when you put on a badge, you have a badge of honor that you wear as well. And that is something that uh, I've seen with you, seen your passion, see that you you have that same smile on your face, making kids laugh, bringing a sense of humor. And I know that I just want to throw this message out there. You know, you have done a good job and I'm really proud of you. And it's really cool to see you kind of find what you feel is like this next chapter because I believe that's what we should all be searching for, that next chapter in our life. Um, I always say you're exactly where you need to be, doing exactly what you need to be doing until you decide you don't want to. Then you make a commitment to change, and you did that. And over the last just four years, uh, you know, a career change, a health change, a geo, you know, graph change maybe to go buy a farm and you know get out of the city and go find a piece of land and kind of do the next thing. That, that is really, really cool because that's the human element um, that everybody should be searching for in their life, at least in my opinion. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and chat with Matt a little bit more and a little bit more in depth about swinging from maybe a trapeze to riding a unicycle to making farm animals to maybe one day having farm animals to, you know, just having fun and living in Chicago. So please stick around with today's special guest and podcast host. Matt Robin will be right back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. But I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. And we are back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show talking to the one and only Matt Handlebar Robin. And, uh, you know, from farm animals someday, not like today, like future plans. And I think that's something that often we forget to do is put something in front of us to work towards. Now, 
the break, Matt was like, hey, you know what? Like the world doesn't know yet because we don't know yet when that's going to happen. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he goes, that's my someday. That's my, that's our dream. That could be 20, 30 years down the road. So thank you for clarifying that because I think it's also important that you have something in front of you that you're working on. So many of us just wake up every single day and you're like, you know, at Christmas time, we're going to go here. And in summertime, we're going to go there. And we kind of get into this like six month cycle of just six months, six months, six months. But in the back of my mind, Amber and I are working on our five-year plan. And our five-year plan is we'd love to like live in Europe, primarily Italy, Ciao. around the Amalfi Coast, six months out of the year. That's our goal that people in our life know. We're not making that goal happen this year. Um, so it may be another five years, but I just wanted to say it's so cool for you to even be talking about the idea of one day having a farm. Yeah. You know, we've got in our backyard and we haven't even really talked about that yet. We've got, we live in Chicago and a, a typical Chicago lot is 25 by 125 feet. We have the house and a two and a half car garage on that. So our backyard's about 25 by 30 feet. And in that space, we have a chicken coop with six chickens and a duck. We have a small 40 gallon livestock tank for the duck pond. We have two Nigerian dwarf goats, which are bred with something else. So they're a little bigger than true Nigerians, weigh about a hundred pounds each. And they live underneath our porch, which is a miniature kind of porch barn. I built a pergola to cover the whole area where they, they hang out with roll-down curtains for bad weather. And then I have a 12 by 14 foot garden. And it started with one potted tomato plant on a balcony when we used to live in a condo. And it's now turned into this, uh, you know, 15 odd years later. And I grow corn, beans, peas, tomatoes, pear, you know, peppers, carrots, onions. Uh, I have 10 foot tall sunflowers right now, which may be 15, 18 feet tall. And we just know that someday we want to have more space. And I'd love to be able to produce all my own food someday. Um, one of the things I did for 75 hard was give myself a challenge of only eating meat that came from a pasture raised animal. And so I'm not talking free range because free range implies they have a building with access to the outside. And in the case of chickens, it might be a cat door that they can walk out of. But you've got a breed of chickens that is growing from day one to week six. It's going from 40 ounces, uh, sorry, 40 grams, which is just over one ounce, to six pounds. And to put that in perspective, in a six-week period, that's how quickly It's like a baby happens. to shack in like a week. A, a cow that is born at 80 pounds would weigh 5,000 pounds in six weeks if it grew at the same rate as the chickens we eat. So I decided, you know what? I want to eat real farm-raised meat. And so I still eat all the meat, but I make sure it comes from a cow that uh, ate grass its entire life and had to suffer as little as possible at that last moment of its life. And same thing with chickens and same thing with pigs. And uh, we currently get in the summer months about five eggs a day. So I've got eggs coming out of my ears and I love it. And we have a ton of salad greens uh, when the rabbit in my garden isn't trying to eat everything battling a rabbit right now. He's winning sometimes. But uh, I think someday we'd like to have that biggest little farm, not 200 acres, more like 10 or 20, and just have space to hang out and uh, do that for us, but also to share with other people and show them that, yes, you can do that. And it's not, man, how did you go from being a circus performer for 25 years and a cop for maybe 20 years to now being a farmer for 20 years? It's, I spent 15, 20 years learning how to farm before I became a farmer. And that's what's so exciting about it to me is everything adds up, you know, in the end. 
the little pig farmer had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And if you want to learn how to do the trapeze or be in a circus, we'll be teaching classes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, law enforcement classes Tuesday and Thursday, and how to farm Saturday and Sunday. So you're actually not far off from what I'm hoping is going to happen there. Let's be very clear about that. So I, you know, I would you love that. Your, you could train your security detail to train, then have you the ability to train the animals. And then you can run an all organic live free circus where you've got people and animals and all of your friends coming over and playing, riding on their little unicycles. And I, I, I see the big picture, but you know what, Matt, I just got to tell you, I want to jump in just a second to the fulfillment round. We could talk for hours. I think it was the same way on your podcast, vice versa, but I want to talk about something that you started that was just kind of a purposeful like thing for you, which was you wanted to start a podcast. What's the name of your podcast? It's What Can You Tell Me? Uh, it sounds like a very catchy name that has uh, an idea for a really catchy jingle that should go with it, right? What can you tell me? No, but I should write that. Uh, I do have some fun music that a friend of mine who's actually my very first podcast guest, DJ My Boy Elroy, created some some musical loops for me. So an intro and an outro and a couple of other pieces that I really like and kind of gives you the fun, quirky feel of what it is. And what I really like to describe my podcast as is... The people who I talk to are the guy that or gal that when you sit down to uh, next to him at a bar, you start asking them a bunch of questions about their job because they've got a less than typical job. So a DJ, a circus performer, an orchestra conductor, uh, a chef, a barber, just people that don't have the typical. Yes, I run, uh, you know, and I'm not knocking what you do. But, you know, when you sit down and say, I run a logistics company, they're like or, you know, however you would actually describe it, shipping and fulfillment. I'm sure you get like a huh, what, what does that mean? You know, but more confusion than the like, what? So, uh, but I had you on because I think you're a fascinating man who was, went from a DJ to being an incredible entrepreneur and uh, an inspiring man to me. I got to tell you, the whole time I'm talking to you, the whole time you're just sharing your life story. Um, I want you to watch the show if you haven't already. And I'm sure you, because you have Netflix and that type of stuff, but somebody feed Phil. Somebody feed Phil. Going to write it down. It's in, I'm watching season three with Amber laughing my ass off. Just a, like a I think somehow he, he's a cook. He, his parents are always at the end of each episode. He dials in from wherever he's at in the world and he shares kind of a bite to eat with his family and tells them where he's at. I think his brother's like one of his crew uh, or producers. And he like one of my favorite episodes, not I'm endorsing that you go to Ireland and go to the Guinness factory, but it was something Amber and I wanted to do just to say we went there. And the day we went there, Kate and Will decided to show up. So we got a chance to see the amazing building that looks more like the original, like 1980-ish, 90s version of Batman Gotham like that. Like it just kind of looked like that. Um, but on the show, he's there and he's trying to learn how to pour a bottle of, uh, you know, a glass of Guinness and he's learning about the weight and then the second pour. And I'm thinking about you and being a master, you know, craftsman. And we didn't even talk about you like, you know, couldn't drink alcohol on your 75 hard, but you could make natural bubbles on your 75 hard. Um, but he, he, he doesn't just drink himself. He then shares with his whole crew. And by the end of it, everybody's sampling. I'm like, this is so pre-COVID. Like everybody's sharing samples and buying some beers and yep. having a great time. Just cool episodes. Great theme song. Reminds me of Three's Company, kind of the beginning. 
And then what you're for your podcast, I'm like, I think you've got a show and I got some inspiration to really create that a magical theme. It's been fun. I've really enjoyed the conversations and just like we're getting to do here. It's just so interesting to hear everybody's story and what brings them to where they're at in life. And very often I'll, I'll approach a friend who is like, why would anybody want to hear my story? And I'm like, I promise you've got an, a more interesting story than you think. And before they know it, they're super comfortable talking into that microphone and they kind of realize, oh man, I, you know, I do have something unique and different. And if anything, I just hope I can inspire them to realize that I think what what is true of every one of the people I've had on my show is they have an absolute love and joy, just like I do for what they do. And it ultimately doesn't matter what that job is. You know, oh, I actually heard Mike Rowe talked about this. Um, he said the most interesting thing he realized about everybody he ever went to meet on dirty jobs was not that they loved their job. It's that they brought their own joy to their work. And I think that's the most important part. It doesn't matter whether you're sweeping a floor your mission, right? Yeah. And that's, that's really where I think I, I, I hit, the, you know, he may have hit the nail on the head for me. Like, you know what it is? It's that I can bring my joy and love to something and pour my heart into it and, and have a great time with it. And it doesn't matter whether I'm legitimately having to arrest somebody or some days helping somebody change their car tire because they broke down on the, the side of the road and I'm the only one who can help them or getting uh, uh, just a small kid to have a, a smile on their face because I always carry balloon animals with me and I'll give them a sticker or make them a balloon animal while I'm in a police uniform. And you want to talk about changing somebody's perspective on the police. It's uh, being a balloon animal making cop. So name one more time of the podcast. What can you tell me? Uh, it's on iTunes and all your favorite places. So as you listen today, uh, make a little note. We'll put all the show notes available to it. TonyGrubmeyer.com. Leave Matt a review. Subscribe to his show and maybe you could be a future guest because he did say he's looking for some interesting people to interview and you may just be his next interesting guest. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to slide you into the fulfillment round. There's no phone a friend. There's no I don't know. You have to make it up and I'm sure you can play along because you like to play games, especially blow up balloon animals. So all I need from you is I am ready. I am ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend. No using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? These are fun questions. Nobody knows the answers, nor do I know what I'm about to ask you. So my Seven. first one that just came up is strangest food you've ever had in your life. Ooh, that would have to be a tarantula. Uh, it was a deep fried tarantula when I was in Thailand. Did you enjoy it? No, it tasted like eating this, the plastic off of a CD case, not the wrapper, the actual plastic that you insert the CD into. It was awful. It didn't best taste bad. It was literally chewing plastic. The best thing you've ever eaten in your life. Next to the T-bone <laughs> we shared. Yeah, oh, man. the uh, What was that thing? A... Uh, uh, a tomahawk, a tomahawk steak at RPM Steakhouse in Chicago. That that certainly ranks up there. I think one of the best things I've ever had is just purely incredibly done pork belly. Greatest, tastiest thing ever. I bar- I smoked that this weekend. Um, what what's your favorite instrument? Ooh, I've been playing the bagpipes for the last three years, but I think my favorite and the one I wish I was way better at and I'm not is the accordion. I think it is such a fascinating, beautiful, it's like a full orchestra in a box. I love it. So the accordion. 
Uh, are you closer to wanting to be like Weird Al Yankovic or would you be more like uh, Jimmy Page? Well, like if you had to go in a, a direction for playing an I, instrument. So my goal in life is to play a fully orchestrated version of Bohemian Rhapsody on the orchestra, uh, on the accordion. So I'm going to have to go more the Jimmy Page route where I'm, and Weird Al's awesome and much more in my personality line. But I think as far as anything's concerned, playing an incredible rendition of a song like Bohemian Rhapsody on the accordion and just owning it in an epic rock sense, that's the goal. So Jimmy Page. Um, three things you admire about your wife. Oh man, she is so dedicated to anything she sets her mind to. She decided in her senior year at Stanford that she wanted to become a doctor and had zero prereqs. So she spent three years going to pre-med, four years going to med school, three years doing a pediatric uh, residency, and then four, uh, three years doing a pediatric emergency fellowship. So I believe it was 17 years later, she finally became a doctor, uh, a doctor doctor, as in legit, no longer in training. And just her dedication and passion to that. She's also so dedicated to her physical fitness and how she eats that she will get up four hours after she goes to sleep to make sure she can get a workout in before she starts work. And finally, I think just the the how she grounds me. We are very much a yin and a yang. I try and uh, lift her up into the clouds and show her this is what's possible. And she is so great at, in a wonderful sense, bringing me down in the sense of saying, we can do this, but this is the reality of how to do it. And I love her for that. Uh, a quote that has stuck with you since you heard it and you somehow tried to live by it or through it on a daily basis. Uh, it was actually three years ago when my mom passed away. My mom was 72, I believe, years old, healthy as a horse. She was teaching. And from what the uh, investigation showed, she basically banana peeled slipped and it killed her instantly. So I got a call that my mom was on her way to the hospital. And 45 minutes later, I got a call that my mom had passed away. And I was talking to a very good friend of mine in San Jose who had also lost his mom a few years before. And he said to me, uh, the best way you can honor the life of your mother is by taking her greatest qualities and making them your own. And I have to this day kept that to heart. And really, whenever people kind of give me a, a hard time about how much I talk or how much I love to hear a story or even tell the same story, I tell them, you know, and, and not in a judgmental or like, this is why I do it. But that was 100% my mom. I would, you know, finish hanging out with Amber and Tony. And my mom would ask me more detailed questions about the conversation I had with you guys than I think I even had with you guys. And she was always so interested in what people had to say and what they were up to. And I just, I absolutely love that. And also her passion for bringing people a, a, a meal. I mean, it wasn't just, I'm going to make food for five people. It was, I'm going to make food for 50, even though there's only five people. And it was better to have too much than ever possibly run out. So, Well, Matt, thank you so much for being a guest today on the Be Fulfilled, the Real Stories Behind Success podcast show. You did a great job. Lots of amazing insight and just kind of a scratch at 100 lottery tickets. We only barely got through the first one and I didn't even get to the barcode. So don't worry, we'll scan it and we'll get them back on the show at a future date. But his name's Matt Robin. Everything that you want to know, listen to this.com. Here it comes. Ready? Your.com for everybody to follow you. So my my personal website, www.iammatt.com, I-A-M-M-A-T-T.com. And then uh, my website for the podcast, www.whatcanyoutellme.com.
And that is Matt Robin. I am Tony Grabmeyer. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.